0: Hello everybody, Jordan here, the PH is silent, and in this episode of the Saturday morning D&D show we talk about drama at the table between players, or it's what my character would do. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Saturday Morning D&D Show. My name is Jordan, with a silent PH in the middle, and I am joined always by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian, over at Sir Lucian Gaming. Say hello, sir.
1: Hello, everybody. I think you can tell where our energy is this morning, so just feed us it. Give us that energy. Let Everybody just... <laughs> Give us everything you got for today. We're going to need it. <laughs> yeah, we were.
0: We started, and we sat down, and he's like, well, uh, how was your Friday night? And I'm like, well, I had sick family members, so I was up all night, and it wasn't good. And then Lucian was like, I was up all night, too. So we're a little tired, <laughs> but we're bringing our A game because it's an awesome yeah. show. We're going to talk about stuff, um, lots of things to talk about in games and and uh, news-ish, but like things are happening in the world of Dungeons & Dragons, or RPGs in general. Um... Yeah. So how are you Lucian? How's it going?
1: I am great. We're here in that fall season, we're in the month of spookiness, where everybody is doing spooky things and getting ready. I've seen Halloween decorations everywhere. This is a great D&D month. I think for me it should be they should make it the official month of D&D should be October. If, like what other
0: I what other October. month
1: could you actually choose? Like birthdays
0: in October—it's just the best month. <clears throat> there you go;
1: it's the best month ever. So, yeah, no, it's great. I'm I'm excited. Um, the weather's turned, so I can see you're wearing your hoodie, and a lot of us are going to start wearing the the more winter clothes that we like to stay warm. And then your your minds start to think about all the cool and creepy little things that you can do in your adventures, or what characters you can create. So, I'm are excited. Do, I like. Are you going to do
0: a a Halloween adventure?
1: We 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 really should um you know what I should we've do? talked about it
0: what do we what are you doing thursday on halloween because <laughs> i should write an adventure and we should all play it yeah. on halloween that would be yeah fun. i
1: have no children's somebody's gonna assume but i have no children's so i don't have to worry about the uh doing their halloween so i am free that thursday night i am sure it could so be fun we could do maybe, something
0: maybe uh maybe the 30th kids in the, 31st. the bikes yeah kids on bikes i could do oh that would be fun yeah, that would be way fun, and I think I have yeah. a couple. So, kids on bikes came out with, um, you know, I'm gonna look it up. I can't remember the name of it. I have the PDF because I bought it. Yeah, one moment, holding, yeah.
1: holding. And while you're doing that, tales <laughs> from the loop also had an expansion. Another new book uh, got announced or has just come out. Also.
0: Things from the flood or oh no, they There's had one like after a, that. Um, Yeah, it's a, it's a, and it's like a campaign. Like yeah. jumping off point or something, which is really cool because uh, so Tales from the Loop was free because they were advertising that. So I mm-hmm. hope you guys were all able to grab Tales from the Loop for free on that day. I tweeted about it. So follow us on Twitter if you're interested in stuff like that. But that was really cool. Um, no, it's called Strange Adventures Volume 2 and mm-hmm. it was a kids on bike supplement and they their first day they were advertising it. It was $5 rather than 20 which is really cool. So I picked it up for $5 and it is just a bunch of... Uh, cities that you could potentially have a game in and a bunch of adventure hooks. And that's it. It doesn't really, well, and I say, that's it. Like a, that's not a bad thing. Like, I think it's really cool. Like it gives you NPCs and it gives you stuff like that. It basically gives you everything except the story, which you're then encouraged to do with your players. Um, Obviously it's kids on bikes. It's an RPG in general, but uh, I really, really am excited and I could go through that and we could find some kind of Halloween something. It could be a lot of fun lot of fun
1: yeah kid we could do kids on bikes kids in space kids on three wheelers we could do (laughs) (laughs) i was trying to think of all the different cool kids on stuff kids on horses
0: kids on horses we could do like a
1: like a yeah like a little house on the prairie style with some spookiness in it (laughs) be <laughs>
0: that's fun uh yeah i totally want to play more games um i was talking to uh, uh i was watching dammit barry's stream last night mm-hmm. because this will get a little more into uh my ghost of salt marsh game but they were running the same ghost of salt marsh area that i just had a major problem with so i was mm. like oh i kind of want to see how they handle this um, and then I was, like, feeling really kind of bummed because I was like, oh, I wish I was playing games tonight. And LB was like, well, why don't you play a game, like, tomorrow? And I was like, oh. So then I spent, like, the rest of the evening trying to come up with a Dungeon Crawl Classics game or something to run tonight. And we'll see if that happens. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So if you're not doing anything tonight, Lucian, maybe you should play Dungeon Crawl Classics with me.
1: I think I should, <laughs> really. <laughs> and then we'll
0: break into that. Um, cool. We should talk about the news. What's going on in the world of Dungeons & Dragons.
1: Yeah, so we're, we're wrapping up the, the end of the year releases. We've been saying this for the last couple of shows, but I just wanted to keep those dates out there because there's some several really good books that are still coming out. So just short recap, Tyranny of Dragons is an October 22nd release. So we're within 10 days of that happening, which is really nice. I love that cover. I love everything I've been hearing about this. There's been a few videos out there um, hinting at what's in it and spoiling a few pieces. And it sounds like the absolute book i want and i probably say that about every thing they're putting out just about so i realize i'm a broken record on that but i love their products i love the stuff they put out i love the quality i love the idea of going back to these two original adventures and refreshing them for where we're at in 5e and then really unleashing our players on them i'm i'm really excited about this book i don't i just love dungeons and dragons and it has everything you need. <laughs> mm-hmm. Eberron Rising from the Last War, which I always forget the whole full name, November 19th. Also on November 19th, you will also be able to get your Dungeons & Dragons versus Rick and Morty box set. So that's the third box set this year, right? In 2019, or maybe, maybe Stranger Things was in 2018. but I I, it was in I don't
0: 2018. Know.
1: Maybe that was in 2018. So we've got D&D Essentials box set this year. We're getting a Rick and Morty box set. So that's two. If you if you were to pick from last year's uh Stranger Things box set or the original that came out so many years ago, that's four different box sets that I can think of. I was trying to think, is there any other DD box sets? Am I missing any? Just chat no. I think those are the ones. So if you're brand new to Dungeons and Dragons yeah yeah so that'd be the fourth yeah, right fourth. The starter set yeah okay. so if you're brand new to dungeons and dragons you've been hearing all about it you're finally going to jump in. don't don't be ashamed that it's taking you this long some of us that's how it works we don't like to you know follow the crowd we like to have our own path so we take a little time but if it check out one of those four because i'm sure those are going to be great introductions to running a role-playing game in dungeons and dragons and a good introduction to 5e so you have plenty to choose from at that point um there's a collector's edition out there oh yeah yeah the tod cover i see so yeah if there's any other box sets chat let me know if i missed any i think there's four currently available on the shelves of stores or about to be available that people can go get so that's it for that we have not heard now um nathan teased on spoilers and swag a week ago that there should be an announcement coming up that we don't we have no idea about, but when we hear it, it's going to be big is the way he said it. So it's something we haven't anticipated yet, but when we hear it, it's huge. I don't know what it'll be. Manual of the planes. Yeah. But we're supposed to hear about it pretty Call soon. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully this coming week we'll also have a huge spoiler and swag show on the Eberron book. They're supposed to show a lot more or spoil a bunch more from that book. So if you're excited about that, definitely keep an eye out on their channel for that.
0: It could be a lot of fun. I'm really, yeah. I want to play a world or I want to run a game or play in Eberron. I think it would be, spe- it's been really, so I kind of incorporate a lot of the races in my games. Like I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, you want to play a changeling? Sure. We'll have a changeling in ghosts of salt marsh. Like whatever, like, you know, the, the rules mm-hmm. are balanced. It's all good. But when we were playing AK Inc, my DM was very much like, I want you guys to only be like forgotten realms races. And Mm -hmm. so, basically, excluding Eberron. And then I was thinking about it, and I'm like, now I want to run, I want to do an Eberron game where I'm like, no Forgotten Realms races, like just strictly stick to the Eberron stuff, and um, and then make it like, I don't know, authentic. Like it's, I just never really thought about it that way until we started doing (laughs) Ake like that, and I'm like, that's really cool. So yeah. Fantastic. Yeah,
1: I, I tweeted out my my next Warforge on Twitter, yeah. so if you guys go check that out. <laughs> um, so we have a friend of the show, Grant Ellis, who is in the community. Lots of people have seen them. I've got to play in several games with them. I, you might have been in a game or two with them at some point. I possibly? have not.
0: I saw him at the D&D Live event at Gen Con, yeah. um, but I don't think he knew who I was. And I wasn't in a position to just like walk up and be like, hey, I'm a stranger. You're awesome. But Grant Ellis is really cool. Um, I watch his streams occasionally. He's a big Invisible Sun proponent. Like, he likes that game a lot. And Mm -hmm. so, uh, and I like Invisible Sun. So it was interesting watching him like decode some of the mysteries of it and stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've always enjoyed him. I got to play in a couple of games with them, uh, interact with them quite a bit on Twitter. I would say he's like an acquaintance. I wouldn't say we're like buds or friends yet. I hope one day. (laughs) You never know what the people you meet on the internet. Um, But he was able to, with uh, the help of 2C Gaming, launch his Kickstarter which is called Grim World, which is a 5e campaign setting. And the tagline I noticed was called, it was an adventurous fairy tale setting for 5e. So it sounds like grabbing the grim fairy tales and making them work for a 5e type campaign. But he went in and did a lot of work about um, the type of things you can do, the way the game is going to be played, the type of characters you might play. And his Kickstarter just started out. So I hope he, uh, I, I went ahead and... Um, pledged and helped out and i hope he meets his goals and we'll see the other thing that was really cool is art by samantha darcy another kind of prominent name in the DD community these are names that you see that you always see pop up if you're following anything on twitter or you're watching some of the youtube stuff those names grant and and darcy show up quite a bit so it's really cool to see them get a chance to do a campaign setting which is nice um i also noticed uh netflix dropped a trailer teaser for Stranger Things 4, so we're definitely get like, nobody knew that we weren't going to get that. But they didn't give us a date or anything, but uh, I still love it. I loved season three. It was my favorite. We talked about this several shows ago. I think you said your favorite was number one still, but yeah, mine still was number was three. More. Number three was so good, so... The other thing I wanted to do this week. So that was about it for news. Unless you saw anything out there that I might've missed. I didn't see no big controversies, no big, no UA articles. Um, very no, they few did videos. Do,
0: um, they did do some videos uh, that I watched on the, the three uh, D&D UA articles, D and D beyond videos. Um, yeah. Those were interesting to watch um, just because Jeremy Crawford kind of gives like the idea behind it. And, mm-hmm. and he does a lot of like, like mechanics wise i want to try this you know and so Mm -hmm. it's it's always interesting when they're designing a new class that they consider the rest of the classes and with the twilight cleric they didn't want a repeat of the shadow magic sorcerer or the shadow monk or something like that they're like we already have these shadowy characters how do we make this one stand out um, we already have the Grave Cleric. We already have the Death Cleric. How do we make this one stand? Like, what does it mean to be a Twilight Cleric? And so, if you're mm-hmm. interested in the Unearthed Arcana, like we are, it's they're good videos to watch and to kind of see the behind the scenes of of not behind the, well behind the scenes, yeah, like of uh, the thought process of of building those 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 things. Which I don't know. The more they talk about it, I'm like, we got a Feywild Barbarian. We have a Shadowfell Cleric. We're going. We're, we're going to get a Manual of the Planes. We have like a Fire Elemental. Um, druid and things like that so we'll see all right
1: jordan's money's on manual the planes all right i'm i'm hearing you i'm there (laughs) i'm I'm still hoping for Spelljammer. Spelljammer could still get us there somehow some way i'm sure it could (laughs) (laughs) Uh, sure it could (laughs) so um so yeah dd beyond got a a bunch of exclusive interviews and they're hit and miss on their channel if you go to their youtube channel because they'll have like a string of them that um they get up there that are pretty good and then it'll go dry for a while and then another string of them yeah. Um, eventually, one day, Saturday morning DD show will have lots of uh, uh, interviews like that at some point too, I think. Yeah, so we'll I see. think that'd be good. Um, so other than that, uh, the other thing I thought we would do is another new segment right after news. So this is a brand new segment of inspiration or influences that me or Jordan might have had throughout the week. And these are like just quick things that popped up into our heads. That we're not currently running or we haven't decided to run, but they were little nuggets, little kernels of maybe a campaign that you could run or an adventure or a one shot or just an idea to throw out there in the, in the universe to say, hey, this could be a cool D&D idea. And so to start it off, I thought mine was I finished a book this week called The Dungeoneers. It was by Jeffrey Russell, a very good book that was very Acquisitions ink incorporated kind of style, very humorous, very funny. The, the, the professional Dungeoneers, which is a dwarf company um, they go and they professionally get items out of dungeons and bring them back. And when they're accused of being adventurers, they get really mad because they're not adventurers, they're professionals and they make fun of adventurers. And the whole book is about making fun of adventurers and stuff like that. So it's really cool tongue in cheek. And I thought it was a great source. If you're running an acquisition Inc campaign and you were looking for some more, creative juices or something else to consume that might help you down that road of keeping your campaign fun and and interesting and funny all at the same time, maybe take a look at that book and it'll give you some ideas on how to use some funny dwarves and, and the idea of turning dungeon delving into a corporate enterprise kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. I thought that was pretty fun. Um, The campaign idea kernel that I had this week is I watched, I consumed an anime that was called the cautious warrior And the one piece that I pulled out of it that made me go, oh, I wonder how this would work if it was a Dungeons and Dragons campaign or one shot. It's this idea that there's thousands of worlds out there um, and the gods use these worlds to um, as a way to compete against each other to see who which God is the best and the way they decide which God is the best is who is saved the most worlds, and each of the worlds are ranked, like how difficult it was to save it. So they're all out there vying to be the best god by saving the most of these worlds. Now, the only way they can save these worlds is by having a hero, in the case of the anime, but I think in the D&D campaign, it would be they would get to create a group, and that group would then be sent to that world to save it from this big overarching evil that consumes worlds, right? So the idea would that be the campaign would run along all these thousands of different worlds that might be slightly different. So very sliders like, or very doctor who like, or all of those kinds of TV shows where there's, you know, the, the mirror universes or the, you know, the the multiverse idea where each little thing is different, even like, if you watch uh, the CW right now with all of their DC shows, it's all about, you know, Earth 616 and Earth. I'm from Infinite Earth. Earth. yeah, <laughs> all that stuff. So all that kind of cool stuff you could bring into D&D. And I love the idea of a group that is brought in by a, a goddess or God who is trying to prove themselves. And that's how they prove themselves by saving these worlds. And they send them in and something's different about the world. So you could really play as a dungeon master. How is this world different? You could even take, it's all Forgotten Realms, right? And you could say there's just one thing different. In this Forgotten Realms, there's no humans. Or in this Forgotten Realms, there's no magic or in this forgotten realms, there's technology and magic and all this stuff that can get in there, all these little different things that happen, you know, where El Minister was really evil or a Sararak was really a hero, you know, or something different, just really throw some crazy stuff in there. So that was the idea I wanted to throw out there into the, into the inner interwebs. And uh, that was the one I had. So what about Jordan? I, I kind of sprung this on him this morning. So he had to come up with it pretty quick.
0: Well, I think we need, we need a name for this yes, segment a segment like, a segment like name. interesting inspirations or i don't know like yeah. we have got to workshop something cool but i like the idea of it um but no we we literally sat down and he's like so i have an idea for a new segment i'm like lucian we go live in like 10 minutes like i don't <laughs> he's like you know we always have ideas where you're like oh that could be a great dnd campaign and so i was racking my brain the whole week and i'm just like i don't know i've been reading a lot of uh i've been reading a lot of Uh, Descent into Avernus Um, and that's given me some ideas to steal for my Shadowfell game and I was actually thinking of taking a few of those scenarios and plopping them in my Shadowfell game. Not really what you were talking about Um, Mm -hmm. but something that uh, I just grabbed like right before the show started is my uh, Kickstarter of the Dungeon Crawl Classics Annual came Mm. in the mail last week and dungeon crawl classics is uh, ooh bardic inspiration point of inspiration. I like that. We could call it point of inspiration. Cyberwolf checks in the mail. Thank you so much. That's right,
1: buddy. You get advantage (laughs) on your next role. Yeah.
0: Advantage on your next (laughs) role. Um, We, uh, that came in the mail and I was flipping through that and there's lots of cool art and stuff in that. One of the cool things though, is they gave me posters. And so I think, you know, you can be inspired by a story. You can be inspired by a lot of different things, but yeah. also like a piece of art can be really inspira- inspiring. And mm-hmm. this is, uh, I ended up framing it. And so I think my lights are a little bright, but you guys should be able to see this. Uh,
1: oh, so cool. But
0: I really like this poster. It's a night in like a, a I don't know, like a gish, spell chick with a sword fighting a wizard uh, on top of a dinosaur Um, and just fun cool things like that can be a really interesting inspiration and just for like a one shot like what if your goal was the princess was captured or do a reversal like the prince was captured and a bunch of Mm -hmm. these girls have to go save the prince from uh, from an evil castle or an evil wizard or something it's really simple but it also um, is just easy to do. Like Mm -hmm. And and it's still, I think, fun is the point that I'm trying to get across, um, is that I like the idea that uh, you could sit down um, and based off of a picture or maybe a television show, make an evening of D&D while your players are rolling characters. And I made a video about this a long time ago uh, that's still floating around on my channel if you're interested. But it was the idea of like, hey, people want to play D&D you give them the player's handbook and you say, go make characters. And then you go in the other room with the dungeon master's guide and you roll a random adventure. And there are tables in there to roll a random adventure based on whatever you want to do. And I, and I do that in the video. I'm like, let's just roll a random adventure and we roll it up. And then uh, within, I don't know, 10 minutes you have an adventure mm-hmm. you go back to the table your players are done building their characters you play like an hour or 2 hours of D&D and all of a sudden you have like a fun 3 hour night of Dungeons and Dragons and nobody yeah. had planned it you know and so uh, I really like that. But, uh, yeah, I uh, my these posters came in the mail. And then my wife was going to the store. And I'm like, can you pick up two frames? I really want to put these on my wall. <laughs> so hopefully, um, I think I'm going to remove some stuff behind me and put them up there. But uh, And I'll show you guys the other poster later. Or I'll tweet out some photos of it or something. But, uh, yeah, really, really cool. So there that that's my contribution to our new segment i'm not entirely sure no i think (laughs) it's great because
1: you, you you did the perfect thing that i was thinking about the idea that even a single image sometimes can generate your mind into saying oh i could turn this into a campaign idea or a one shot or a fun thing and i just think that you know Bringing that to the people, let them see that that creativity can come from anywhere. Like all these resources, doesn't matter what it is, you can make a and d adventure. The, the last one, the funny one that made me laugh was I got a text from my wife that said, hey, I've finished my errands. I'm going to go to the farm and get some cider, you know, because that's the time of year that we're in. And my brain immediately flipped over to I should run an adventure on a haunted cider farm you know at some point for my my players and it has some type of weird jack-o'-lantern creatures that are attacking farmers or something I'm like yes this could be so good so even just a simple tweet or a simple sentence can all of a sudden drive your mind in a in a dnd way or yeah. any rpg way really so
0: i think last that halloween, helps. yeah yeah last halloween uh we wanted to take a break from hot springs island and do like a one shot that i wrote for halloween for like spooky um, for spooky that good words jordan you're doing excellent with the sentences this morning um <laughs> for just kind of like a creepy feel for or whatever and i ended up saying well what if we took trick-or-treating but it was actually scary and and uh so the idea of not kids putting on costumes but like parents would and so i'll go back up for a minute um, so my players go to sleep, and when they wake up, they're in this weird town where sun the sun is setting, and as the sun's going down, parents are chucking their kids out into the streets. And, and it's and locking the doors. And the kids are crying and they're panning on the doors. Like, don't leave us out here with the monsters, mom. And, like, things like that. And so our heroes are trying to, like, help the people until the sun goes down and all the kids turn into monsters. <laughs> and so then they're running away. And they don't want to, like, attack kids because they're kids. But they are right. being attacked by these monsters. So they go and hide and stuff. And there were all these different areas they could go to. They went to the graveyard and there was a bunch of undead. And they went to the lake. And there was, like, a lake monster there. Like, a creature from the Black Lagoon. Um, mm-hmm. I think they went to a castle to try and escape these kids. It turns out there was Frankenstein's monster in the basement that they had to attack. Um, and ultimately, all of this weird Halloween magic was being controlled by a giant pumpkin that they had to destroy. And that was something that I'm just like, I was just inspired by, you know, uh, uh, Universal Monsters. Universal Mm -hmm. monster movie monsters, I should say. And so we just kind of took those tropes and like, oh, yeah. And so instead of like a wolfman, we'll just have a bunch of kids turning into monsters. Instead of uh, Frankenstein's monster, we'll have a flesh golem in the basement of this laboratory and things like that. Um, It's a lot of fun. And uh, we were actually talking uh, on a side note of this. My players were actually talking about running. Uh, one of my players loves The Simpsons and he's really good at Simpsons mm-hmm. references. And we were even saying like, if you ran a Simpsons game where like somehow we're playing D&D but like the the tavern keeper is Mo and mm-hmm. the, the guy who sells you potions and armor is the comic book guy and there's a evil Mr. Burns character overseeing the whole, you know, like that would be, the tongue in cheek of that would be so much fun. And a lot of people... Some people kind of think like, well it needs to be gritty, it needs to be real fantasy, but for mm-hmm. me, like I think it's just really fun to play a silly game like that. Um especially as a one shot where it's just like, I don't know. And you talk a lot yeah. about the office as D&D with acquisitions incorporated, um mm-hmm. even using like office characters in that in that scenario, if you're good at voices and you're good at mimicking people's <laughs> like it could be a lot of fun. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, best boss ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and I think, too, what I'm hoping this does for this new segment is that all of you have stories or have the same thing happen to you this past week. And what I would love for all of you to do is to go to the comments of the YouTube video for this week. So this week's show, number 86 we're on, uh, go and tell us what cool campaign kernel or nugget that you had and it's just really the idea of the one sentence is these aren't like the fleshed out these aren't i've been working on it for a week or a year or this is going to be the the next thing i'm i'm doing it's more of these just little kernel or ideas so then we all have little nuggets and kernels to pull from if we want to do one shots or new we need a new campaign idea or we want to run something so if you guys go and flood those comments with what happened for this last week for you as far as a as a dungeons and dragons or even just a a, any role-playing game if you're super into invisible sun and you had a cool idea for an invisible sun campaign put it in there too because we want to be able to read it and interact with it so that was my hope of having a nice little new segment right after the news you guys could go out and comment on it in the video and i think it'd be really fun
0: so that's our new segment point of inspiration title copyright cyberwolf
1: 1201 yes nicely done (laughs) you are next level cyberwolf 1201 you are now level two sir 1202 (laughs) good job Good job. So then that leads us into our final segment of the whole podcast, live stream, We have this this cool show, this cool thing we do, whatever you want to label it as. And we kind of flip back and forth by who goes first. But I'll let Jordan go first because it sounds like he had some interesting games and he has something to talk about for sure this week. So what happened this week in your gaming world, Jordan?
0: um we had uh a lot of stuff happened but uh it was interesting like uh so my acquisitions incorporated game we ended up exploring um a mini dungeon which was like a burnt out uh not abbey but burnt out uh manor uh i think it's like trez Treslo manor i can't remember the name of it but there was uh even though that was the 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 buildings were kind of burnt to the ground. There was an uh, underground basement area that we could still explore. So we kind of went through there. Um, There was an interesting portal to the far realm that we saw that we ended up uh, disrupting the ritual and close this portal and things like that. And so now we're level three, which is awesome. Um, And now that we're level three, some mechanical questions kind of came into mind. And one of our players uh, was missing i I will say this jordan will say this misinterpreting how ear for deceit works Mm. ear for deceit is uh, a rogue ability for the inquisitor rogue at third level where if you hear a lie it says ear for deceit if you hear a lie you have if you roll below a seven on your insight check you treat it as an eight so because he was an expertise in insight he can't roll below a 15. And he mm. was taking that saying that anytime a character was being deceptive, he would get to roll above a 15, which goes into another ability that he gets at third level where he can read a creature. And if he rolls an insight check versus their deception check, he then gets sneak attack on that creature regardless of whether he is in a position to get sneak attack or not. And so he was like, "Well, I can't roll a below a 15." And all of us and and the game master for this and a lot of us were coming back and saying, "I don't think it works like that." We ended up putting a tweet out to Jeremy Crawford, but we mm-hmm. didn't hear anything. But uh, it was an interesting discussion back and forth of like, "Well, what is deception and and should verbal like should this ability only be verbal lies and things like that?" Um, but ultimately the dungeon master said, "You know, it's called ear for deceit. I'm going to say mm-hmm. it doesn't work with you reading the physicality of a, decept- a deceptive person, you know, and, and not everybody who is attacking you is being deceptive. And so it shouldn't apply all the time like that. Um, so it was right. just kind of an interesting discussion and I don't know. And now it's, you know, case closed and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but where was I going with this? There was something else that happened. His other character. Oh, his other character in my game is a Triton. And so this this same player came to our salt marsh game, and he's like, "Jordan, it doesn't make sense to me why the Triton doesn't have dark vision." And he wasn't necessarily fishing to get dark vision; he just wanted, like, he wanted to know how do these creatures, these Tritons, live at the bottom of the ocean because that's what it says in Volos' guide, where there's no light, but they don't have dark vision. And ultimately, I said you know, we're not going to give you a free boon. I'm not going to give you dark vision. I'm not going to give you uh, a a, a, like magic light that you have now that you can use in game. I'm not going to give you an item or something, but I need you to come up with why is this uh, like, how did they see in the dark down there? It's up to you. It's your race. It's your, it's your story. Like what's going on. And so ultimately we kind of decided that he maybe has dark vision only underwater and I don't think that will play into the Ghost of Saltmarsh game that much, so I kind of let him have it. But it was a really good thing where he wanted it, well, the lesson I wanted all of all of us to kind of come away from is that he wanted to have a he wanted me to come up with like a mechanical reason to fix what I thought was Wizards of the Coast oversight at designing the Triton race. Like they say, Ooh. Tritons live at the bottom of the ocean, but they don't have dark vision. And I'm like, you're right. I think that. Wizards of the Coast just didn't think this through. Go ahead.
1: Point of order. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're in Forgotten Realms. Who says the bottom of the Forgotten Realms ocean is dark?
0: And that was my point too, where I'm like, we don't know. There could be all kinds of glowing. It could like, just be dim light. Stuff. Yeah. Like, it could knows? be
1: bioluminescent. Yeah. It could be like Aquaman. If you watch that show, there was lights everywhere because yeah. how are you going to film anything with a camera if there's no lights? <laughs>
0: so I brought that up, and then he's like, "Well, what yeah, if yeah. they leave and hunt?" And they don't have light then if they're not in their cities. And I said, uh, well, you just came like, and I said, you didn't ask me if your characters go out and hunt. And he's like, well, and I'm like, what if they're all vegetarians? And he's like, you're right. I didn't ask you that. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was one of those things where he's like, I I was very much like, I want you to come up with a fix to this problem that this crisis that you're having in your head of why tritons can't see in the dark. Um, And so ultimately he did. And that was settled. Um, but it was just kind of an interesting like like it, it, we were we were interpreting the rules a lot this week, I feel with ir of deceit and this triton conundrum that we were having, and ultimately i 'm like you know the rules are here, and the rules are fairly plain and clear. I need you to like come up with why yeah you know, th- fix your character yourself like it doesn't always mm-hmm. have to be the dungeon master is my yeah, point. narratively fix Na- it narratively yeah, yeah, fix yeah. it yeah you I can't know. just like mechanically be like i feel like i should have a 30 in charisma it's like well you don't so <laughs> yeah but a yeah. lot of people have this complaint with the tritons i feel so it's not anything new uh but it is yeah. kind of like you know play by the rules uh and but we don't we don't really fix really deal things,
1: with pr- pressure because really, the idea of a humanoid going any further than thirty meters below the water, anyways, is yeah. nonsense, right? Yeah. So we suspend that belief to allow us to have adventures in the deep sea. We have to kind of suspend the physics of our world at times, mm-hmm. right? So there, there are things about that that we're gonna. So to me, I would have. I I think it. I like the idea that that is all dim light, so that you can perceive, but you're getting very little information and you're having disadvantage on some of those things. And that allows the sharks and the creatures still to be able to see and sense things that are around them and attack the players. The players have this ability because most of your players aren't going to be, you know, dark. Well, I don't know. Most players pick dark vision races at this point, just to get yeah. around everything. Cause they hate the idea of dealing with light, which will come back when I talk about my campaign. But I like this idea of, I think that I really like the idea that the oceans, maybe water or, Light infiltrates water better in Forgotten Realms than, say, our world. So maybe it's not as dark in, our, in their world as it is in ours, would be well, and my explanation. Also
0: on the reverse side of this, I said, you know, we could interpret it the opposite way, is that it's so dark down there that you now should have, like your character should have sunlight sensitivity instead of dark <laughs> vision
1: there you go and they
0: were like well i don't want a Whoa. negative yeah yeah Whoa, so i'm like come on see it from my <laughs> see it from my perspective yeah, yeah. like yeah like we could narratively give you a a, a negative effect and you're mm-hmm. kind of narratively wanting a positive effect like it doesn't just work <laughs> like that so and he Let's saw he saw it. our points it was very it was very yeah. like mutual we were talking but i i like the idea of like you know, you can give the power narrative control to the player when it comes to their character. Like, like if all tritons are vegetarians, let me know that and we'll work it into the story. Like, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Um, and then ghosts of salt marsh happened.
1: Here it is. And
0: we had, we had a <laughs> bit of a bit of drama happen with this game. So um, my players are on an Island and they're, they're troll told to investigate a burnt out abbey for the Mariners guild. And the Mariner's Guild wants to build a lighthouse on this abbey. They know there's a bunch of undead on the, on the um, island, uh, the Mariner's Guild. And that's why they've hired adventurers because they can't figure out a way of getting to the abbey to actually build this. They can't figure out a way of getting past the undead. So our mm-hmm. adventurers came. They kind of cleared out the undead. They cleared out the problem that was the undead. So now the beaches are open, but they go to the abbey to kind of figure out what's going on. They see, uh, and I rolled randomly for this. In the book, you're supposed to roll. There's a 50% chance they're spotted. And I rolled randomly. They were spotted. So I said, you see a guy in the burnt-out abbey who sees you and then ducks behind some, like, burnt-out walls and stuff. And they were like, okay, there's obviously people in the abbey. So they don't know if these people are friend or foe. Um, Mm -hmm. Two of the players kind of set up, like... uh, and here's where the problem was, is one player wanted to be diplomatic and the other player wanted to kind of attack them.
1: Murder hobo, yeah.
0: So it was like, okay. And and the book <laughs> is very clear that they can do either. Like they don't mm-hmm. need to be diplomatic. They don't need to be, they can be offensive or they can try and like talk their way out of it. And so the player who was trying to talk their way out of it, they kind of say, hey, we know you're down there. Like, come on out. And so three characters come up and they instantly fire a crossbow at them. And so we roll initiative. The crossbow fires. My, my monsters, and I say monsters, but the, they're humanoids. But my monsters are too far away to engage safely. So they go mm-hmm. back down under the stairs into the basement. And so my players kind of like cautiously go down. They start talking to them past the basement. And I said, you know, you fired a bolt at them. You can't really be charismatic now. Uh, but if you want, you can roll a persuasion check to kind of ease the tensions, but at disadvantage, uh, the paladin rolled a 17 at disadvantage. And I was like, okay, that's good enough for them to calm down. And so they invite the players down and they're like, listen, I'm really sorry. We fired a bolt at you. Tensions are high. We didn't know who you were. Let's get some more information from you. And so they start talking to them, but the barbarian is very aggressive And he likes being aggressive and he feels he feels like he should be aggressive because he's a barbarian. So he asked me, like, can I do an intimidation check? And we kind of go through this where I'm like, well, what what do you want to intimidate? Like, what do you want to get out of this intimidation check? And he always kind of shrugs his shoulders He's like, I don't know, I just want to intimidate him. I'm good at intimidation. And I'm like, well, but I need to know, like, what you're doing. So he ended up rolling a check and I think he rolled a natural one. So I'm like, "Okay, they're not intimidated. And we kind of just bypass that. So then, the the there's a bunch of like priests and and uh, people that follow the god Shar down here, and so uh, they said, "Well, well, we're supposed to kind of investigate this abbey. Can you show us around?" And the priest was like, "Sure, I guess so." The most aggressive of them, the guy they shot the bolt at, who doesn't like them because he was shot at, they open up his room, and inside are some walls of wine like sacramental wine and things like that that are that are involved in you know they their priests and things like that and mm-hmm. the barbarian who brews beer has made the character choice that wine is bad so he rushes in and attacks the wine and destroys it all which initiates combat again because he's being aggressive but at this point All of the people from the Abbey are like, what's going on? And so more characters are flooding out of the Abbey. So now what was three people, what was four people is now like, I think, 10, maybe 12 characters. So we have 12 characters and we were missing a player that night. So it was 12 versus three. (laughs) And the actions was not on their side. So the paladin was, again, trying to, like, calm things down. And I'm just like, I don't think you can at this point. Like, he's being very aggressive. So we attacked the – I attacked the player and – or the barbarian. And I was thinking about it in bed. I don't know. I think about D&D in bed all the time. But I was laying in bed and I was thinking about it. And I'm like, I should have killed them. Like, that should have been the lesson that they learned (laughs) is that they should have just been like, well, you guys – he decided to make a really bad decision because – is and in his voice, he said, but it's what my character would do. And it's kind of, of like, yeah, but you can say that, but your character's still being a jerk, and you're not working with your party, so you can't – I don't know. <sighs> so ultimately, I was nice, and I told them that I was like, they're going to escort you out of the abbey, and they're going to kick you off the island, and you guys don't get to explore this dungeon. And the paladin was like, okay and so they left and then it turns out the paladin was very very like visibly angry at the table well, and I'm we bad. ended up we ended the game about 45 minutes earlier than we normally do because they were just like i think we're done and he's like you're right we're done and he kind of gets up and he left and so i ended up talking with the barbarian and the artificer that night and we were just kind of saying like how could we have handled that differently and jordan should have I should have intervened. I should have been like, do you really want to do this kind of a thing? But I wanted to prove a point, I guess. Um, and we shouldn't use, it's what my character would do as a way to be a jerk in game. Mm-hmm. Um, and going back or, or and I want to say, you know, we'll jump forward. This has all been resolved. We're all still friends. We're all going to still keep playing. And, <laughs> um, the paladin ultimately in our, in our chat room that we chatted in said, you're giving me not a reason to adventure with you. Like if you're going to act this way, my paladin doesn't want to trust you. Doesn't want to adventure with you. And if he's not going to adventure with you, we don't have a game to play. So you can't just do this. You have to, you have to be in a situation where my paladin would want to adventure with you. Like you have to help us out in some way. And And I agree. I don't know. It was kind of one of those things. Like, I think a lot of times people use that, but it's what my character would do as a way to, to escape responsibility or, Mm -hmm. or something like that. And when you make weird choices like that, like he could have easily said, I want to destroy that wine and say, like, guys, I kind of make, I move forward, like, I'm going to destroy that wine because I don't like wine, and then the players could have reacted to that and been like, whoa, buddy, no, and it still would have had the story effect without destroying that entire dungeon. Yeah. So now I'm in an interesting pickle where they didn't finish, they were supposed to finish this, do another side quest and be level six, but now they didn't do any of it, and mm-hmm. I have to come up with some kind of custom material so that we can get to level six so that they can go to the next part of the thing and be a certain level. Um, <laughs> and it, it was just interesting, but I don't know. Like it was weird. Yeah.
1: yeah. I think all dungeon masters run into that at some point. Maybe some of us have been those types of players and, it's always funny because those type of stories always involve a paladin at some point too, right? Because <laughs> the paladin is it's always, always uh, and my character and, yeah. is ultra good, yeah. and then I have this other player who's decided, well, I'm the edgy character, and I'm going to yeah. do these edgy things, and it puts the party in conflict every single time, yeah. right? And that and the my idea on this, in my opinion, because my players do it too at times, is I really make it important, the check-in, right? You were saying we got to check in yeah. when you start seeing something like, going on. I should have like, out. We need to talk <laughs> hey, hold about on this. A second. Like, before, yeah.
0: before that action happens, let's discuss this as players, not as characters. And yeah. that's yeah. what I should have done. But I yeah. I just wasn't thinking. I was kind of living in the moment. And so, but yeah, sorry, I interrupted you.
1: And, and I think the other point that I always bring up when I do the check-in is that it's, I'm not telling you guys what to do, right? we have if there's a problem at the table or somebody's doing something you guys you people you players have to help fix this or be the ones to fix this i'm not the one fixing this right i have so much other stuff i need to do i'm willing to help in with a a conversation about what should happen but really this is on you guys to fix this is up to you guys to we need to hash this out so it doesn't ruin you know all of our adventures moving forward because it'll happen it'll come up and Mm -hmm. So I think I, I agree with you. I think that I like the idea that the the barbarian should have been, I want to try to do this. And the narrative thing is, hey, see my character as being my character, but it's very easy for the rest of my party to stop if they want to stop the escalation, right? Yeah. Um, but it also sounds like, too, you just have somebody who wants to do a lot of talking and you have the rest of the party that's ready to knock heads. Yeah. So that's always going to come <laughs> into yeah. some type of conflict because that one player is like, why don't we ever talk our way out of anything? And they're like, because we need XP and we're going to, you know, we play heroic characters that have abilities to knock heads. Most of us don't have abilities to talk our way through a conversation. So the tools they're given force them in a certain way. If you're playing a barbarian, talking to anybody does not come into your mind ever Mm -hmm. because you don't have a talking skill that you can use, you know? So he
0: wants to be intimidating uh, too. Like that kind of goes back to being in his character. Like he's like, well, this is what I, these are the tools of my barbarianness. I want to use those, you know, uh, pale writer 53 said the barbarian attacks, wine, wine starts to come together and forms a wine golem. (laughs) And I was like, I wish yeah. I had thought of that because that would have been great if if all of them were just like, no, no, stay back, let him attack the wine. And the rest of the players are like, what? And then that wine golem just destroys him, like envelops <laughs> him, suffocates him or something like yeah. that would have been really interesting. But.
1: And the other the other thing that would be going through my mind, like when you said you, you kind of want to prove a point, and I would too, in my games... I want to make sure that my players, if they're going to go completely off the rails and just think they can walk through a town and they can just beat up people and bully people, and there's no consequences to that, they're wrong in my world. And I'm going to prove it to them very quickly. And normally what I do is I let them get in a big combat that they can't really win. What they don't know is happening is that it's all being non-lethal damage. So they're all being knocked unconscious, knocked unconscious, knocked unconscious. They're not getting killed. But the point is being made that you can't just walk into a town and assault a shopkeeper and something not happen. Yeah. you know, Or or there's this peaceful village. You guys are going to come in and try to ruin stuff. They're going to try to ruin you back type thing. But it's in a way that they hopefully learn their lesson and say, oh, okay, this is a tougher world. We need to exist within it, not outside of the rules of it, and, uh, and kind of move on from there. So always remember that you're, as a dungeon master, there's nothing that says that your monsters can't use Non lethal combat. They could be attempting to knock the players unconscious to do exactly what you said escort them off. Like I would have pushed them, I would have put them back in their rowboat, pushed it out in the ocean, and they would have woke up an hour or two later and be like, What happened? And maybe some of their gear was missing. Exactly. That's what
0: I was just thinking. All their gold (laughs) missing, their gear gone, and they're just like floating in the middle of the ocean. And then we have to make survival checks to figure out how to get home. Uh, right. That would have been a good thing too, and I was I was honestly trying to be nice because I was like I don't want a TPK, especially when we're missing one player. Like that just really yeah. stinks. But
1: yeah. well, um, and one player is mad way to at another.
0: It. Maybe I should, have yeah, done yeah,
1: that. yeah. So that would have compounded the problem, right? Because if one player's mad, so you have a social problem at the table, yeah. And now you're going to throw a TPK, which is always changes the mood at any table if a tpk happens that could spiral it out to now none of us want to play together anymore so I, i would be all my mind would already be moving to i don't want the group to break up but we have to address this problem because the players aren't together in what they want this campaign to be right now one player wants the campaign to be one way and another player wants the campaign to be another way and it's going to cause tension and it has caused tension I can't believe this is the first time it's caused tension either. I assume there's been smaller leading up to this problems with the same two people having two different ideas. So yeah, it has to be hashed out.
0: Yeah. And luckily they did. They, 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 we, they very eloquently. And I think, I think uh, chats like chat rooms, discords and things like that are good for this because people can very meticulously write what they want to say, read it back and be like, no, that's not what I mean. And then rewrite Mm -hmm. it. And so, and that's what he did. I think he spent a lot of time writing this and he put it in chat and it was very, very well put where it was like, you know, your actions are causing my character to have a hard time to adventure with you. We need to find just a a synergy so that we can adventure together because right now I wouldn't. And if I'm not going to adventure with you, we don't have a party. And he's like, I'm not asking you to change. And he's like, he even said like, I like having fun at the table, but Like, there has to be, I don't know, don't put us in unnecessary danger or things like that just because Mm -hmm. you want to be funny, which is what it was. Like, he wanted to be funny and break the wine because it's what my character would do, and it put the entire party in danger. And now they don't get to explore this whole really cool dungeon. And that was another thing. I was like, you guys sacrificed a bunch of experience points by doing uh, the, like by not cooperating, you know, and stuff. And so, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It and it was an
1: extreme idea. Anyways, I see some wine somewhere in a cellar and I'm going to immediately attack it. Yeah. So does he go into every tavern and somebody's drinking wine? Does he, does he break every single cup? I bet does he, would, he, yeah. he it is that come how he's been yet, playing? Yeah. Right. No, right. and I, I brought it up where
0: I'm like, I don't think you've been playing like not. that. And then he said, yeah. well, when we were in that one building, there were casks of wine and I broke them. And I was like, okay, I did not get that that was going (laughs) to be, I did not get that this was going to turn into this, you know? So, and and he was just like, well, and so I don't know, but I, I love my players. I'm still having fun with them. I'm glad that it's been resolved and, uh, but it kind of put a damper on the whole week of D and D I was just kind of like, Oh, like, and that's kind of why I was feeling like bummed out last night when watching, uh. Damn it, Barry's game, because I was just like, oh, like I, I was really looking forward to this dungeon. I had prepped this dungeon. I had done a bunch of work with this, and now we'll never get to play it, is really what's gonna happen. Yeah. Um, the exciting thing is I get to do new interesting stuff. And mm-hmm. if you've watched my episode four of my D&D prep stream that I've been doing on my YouTube channel, I get into a lot of like, oh, we're gonna do all this really cool stuff, and I'm I'm really excited of where it's gonna go. But uh yeah, it's kinda it's kinda it was just like a bummed out it was a bummed out week of D and D. So yeah, I don't know. yeah. But I'm playing. And I think the idea... I'm playing ACK Inc. with them tomorrow. So oh, cool. uh it, we should get some more Dungeons and Dragons in, so that should be fun.
1: Yeah. And, and I think to be a a positive influence, the idea is not just to tank on the barbarian player. No. like if the barbarian player is watching this, the idea that I might disagree with how you decided to do it. I think it's more just about talking about it and saying, this is why it feels disruptive. And I still want to support you to come up with a cool idea that makes your, your character unique. And I understand that you're like the brewmaster and you want to be the best brewmaster. And you have this whole thing that's kind of pent up into that, which is cool. But, but we still all need to come together and find a way that we can coexist. Because you're right. The most important thing you said there was, if not, our party would not exist naturally. Yeah. So yes, it's logical for you to break barrels. It's also logical for me not to adventure with you. So now yeah. we have to figure out what is logical so that this is going to work, and what campaign are we yeah. going to play, and what do we want to do. So I don't want that person just to to, to be dunked on.
0: No. Yeah. You know, and I don't either. Like I, I totally know. understand. I think, I yeah. think, uh, I think he just made a choice and he, and he thought in the moment it was going to be really funny and it kind of really backfired. And when I say really backfired, it really backfired because the player got like visibly angry. Yeah. And so it was just like, okay, we need to just stop playing. And that's why we ended 45 minutes early to kind of cool off and and come together later and figure out how to actually. Yeah. yeah.
1: And to Mr. Paladin player, I would love to just encourage you to say, you know, if something like that happens at some point, don't let it get, personally angry you should never be at the table feeling rising anger like if you feel anger at your other players immediately stop immediately tell the dungeon master we need to talk about something because i'm here having fun on my night of whatever night it is to have fun to get away from the world and my family and kids and obligations and we're here to be heroes and have fun and all of a sudden my temper has risen even just a fraction we need to just everybody needs to chill out we need to go eat some chips or play some ping pong for a second or something because if that little thing of just playing a game like that starts to make you angry there's an issue there too right so there's an issue from i think the barbarian guy maybe thinking more about his own party member and i think the paladin getting a little excessively angry there's an issue there to even discuss that that shouldn't just go away because it'll just come up again if, if that's what's going to happen. So hopefully, and I love the idea that you've said, they've all worked it out. It's great. We've talked about it. We've checked in now we're moving on. All of you will probably have this happen in your games and I hope it works out the same way for you. Um, maybe it will, maybe it won't, but check in with them, try to facilitate it working out. And it's yeah. okay if it doesn't, uh, you know, then deal with that. Don't, don't try to force a game to happen. That shouldn't be happening. Yeah. So I hopefully think, that helps
0: uh, out. and I, and I was even thinking about it. I was like, guys, if this, if this happens again, um, you know, the barbarian is a dwarf. He's got a speed of 25. You all have speeds of 30, just run away and let the mob, <laughs> like let the ants, the mob of, of creatures just overtake him. And I don't know if that's a bad idea, but I was just <laughs> yeah. joking about that. Uh, but yeah, so sorry. I kind of took the most of the time. There, okay. But, um, it was, it was something that I personally have never had at table before. Um, mm-hmm. There was, cause I, my other players are very like, they want to go adventuring together and nobody's caused, I shouldn't say cause problems. I don't want to say that, but like we haven't, I have never run into this situation before until last night. And it was, it was new, but like you said, I think it's a, something that a lot of dungeon masters will run into at some point um, mm-hmm. where you have a player that, uh, or two players that just bump heads. And so. Uh, yeah, but I'm going to in the future, I'm going to use my timeout mechanic and just say, whoa, 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 timeout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's actually talk about this before we resume the game. Is this something we actually want to do? Because there will be really big consequences. And I think you're just trying to be funny right now. And then mm-hmm. it will be like, oh, OK, I think you're right. So we'll see. So.
1: Yeah. If you're going to be funny, just accept the consequence. Be like, yeah, I want you to punish me. Yes. My character is being dumb and (laughs) punish me for it. It's going to be funny. It's going to be great. Let's find a narrow, narrow, because then I get what I want. I get, I want to be the funny. I want to cause a chuckle at the table. It feels like it's within character, Mm -hmm. but yeah, give me a consequence for this crazy action because there should be consequences for crazy actions. Yeah. Embrace that. Mm -hmm. So cool. Yeah. Well, that was about it. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, drama, drama. I love it. Drama, yeah, yeah. So my Monday night ended up being my seeking revenue campaign. um This is a long-standing, running West marches style campaign, and the players have been c- captured. They've broken out of prison. They were sandwiched between forces above them and forces below them, and they had to decide: Do we go further and continue? Do we get out of here so we can rest? We haven't rested days. Players get really antsy when they don't have all their spell slots and all their abilities all of a sudden and all their paladin smites are all gone and all that stuff. So they start to get really edgy and uh, they made the decision to break out, head home, get some XP, get some level up, and then we'll have to see what they're going to do next. Um, I felt like the tension was great in that whole adventure. Jordan joined us in a few of those sessions Um, or played a few of the characters there. Some made it out, a few didn't, which I think was cool. They learned some lore, which I think was cool, so all around. But once again, it's left unresolved, and depending on how long before they come back, they might have to redo some of the work they've done. That's been the problem with some of the things that I've been introducing in this campaign is if you go in and you don't completely clear it out and you come back a month later or two months later, They went and got new guards. They went and got more people to help them keep the stuff they have. They don't just, okay, there was only three goblins left, so when you guys come back, there's just three goblins left, and that's all you have to deal with. This world moves on while the players aren't there, and that's the thing I've been trying to hammer home for them. So that's been super fun. Um, We'll see what it takes us. We have a player that's going to be out for a week or two, so we'll we'll see if we'll bring in a, a, a guest for that or not. Um, and I don't even know where they're going to go on Monday. Like I told them as they were leaving, um, the session on this past Monday, Hey, give me an idea of what you guys want to do. And none of them did. So I have no (laughs) idea what we're going to do for Monday. So we'll just role play it out and I'll just have some random stuff set up to prep. And we've talked about this in other sessions. It's a good idea. If you don't know what your players are going to do, don't worry about that. They're going to eventually pick. We want to go and do this thing. All you have to prep for that one session is put something in the way between that and where they're going that allows you to get through that session. So then you can go back and you can prep the really big stuff later on. So just what I'm going to have is I'm just going to have a random encounter that's going to take up a nice big combat chunk. It'll take up our session for Monday night. It'll give me a, chance to know where they're going Mm -hmm. so i can really fully prep what we need to do for what because i don't know where they could go to the elven city they could go to the south and explore a ruined city they could Mm -hmm. go back to the black pyramid they could take a ship and go somewhere who knows what they're going to do so um, other than that that's a fun game check that out on monday nights wednesday night was tomb of annihilation and i must say once again Two Annihilation is really strongly becoming my favorite module to play in. Nice. Um, I wonder at some point if I, I might want to run it just to be on the other side of it. Daniel's doing a really good job of running this. The player group that we have is a really good chemistry player group. Lots of RP fun. Lots of everybody doing cool and quirky things, but still having fun and being coming together as a group. And it just has been a blast playing through it with that type of um, synergy, I guess. Mm -hmm. There's no, you know, and and the module's really good. And the dungeon does some mechanical things that are really fun that you don't get in other regular dungeons. So there's a lot of really cool, interesting things happening that make your mind go oh that's what's happened and now we've got to go do this thing um and i don't want to spoil any of it so that's why i'm trying to be super vague on it but if you haven't got to play this if you ever get somebody who's saying well we want to do a new campaign your dungeon master's thinking about what they want to do next definitely recommend tomb of annihilation because it's been really really fun i can't wait to maybe try to run it somewhere down the line to get the dungeon master's view of this now that i've done it as a player so it's been good i really like it Sweet. um and the mechanics of in it that have been really cool that i've been thinking about doing in other adventures is and it come up in another um, campaign that i've been playing in This idea of maybe time travel being introduced into a campaign. And I thought, oh, that would be very interesting to try to introduce that thread into a Dungeons and Dragons game. Maybe that should have been up in the other one. But it was this idea of what happens if the players go back in time. Because you could say in the land of Forgotten Realms the physics that work for time are different than the physics for our world. So you could say, yeah, you can go back and you can meet yourself and it can mess with history (laughs) and you can rewrite all kinds of stuff and it can have a butterfly effect and you can do all this kind of cool and crazy stuff. You can explore the the what ifs of that. And again, and I don't think I've done that. I don't think I've ever done a time loop or a time travel or a time, have you done any of those in your campaigns? That was the big question I was thinking.
0: I've been sitting on an idea of doing a, t- a time travel one, but yeah. I, haven't, I haven't actually flushed it out. But I, I love time travel uh, just yeah. in general. Um, a long time ago, this is not related, but I was trying to write a time travel screenplay because I mm-hmm. love movies and I had this time travel idea. So I, I just love time travel and I've been wanting to work it into a game at some point, but it's, it's tricky. So yeah.
1: yeah, a lot of yeah, variables. Yeah. So that was it. Um, we didn't do much else. So those two games kicked off. I believe my Monday and Wednesday are coming up. We'll have some more games. Maybe I'll be having some games tonight that we'll talk about next week. We'll see because Jordan's keep saying, yeah, I'm to run, run something. something so. so maybe I'll run something <laughs> tonight. But that was it. That was, you know, we didn't have any rules that come up that I thought to bring up. Um, the campaigns are running smooth. You can go and, and see all those online. They're out there online. You can check them out. And they're really fun. I don't know how fun they are to watch and not be a part of. But they've been really fun to be a part of, to be a player in it or a dungeon master in them. They've been great. So cool. That's about it.
0: All right. Take us out, Jordan. Hey everybody, that's our show. Thank you so much for Yay. watching. Really, uh, that's my my announcer voice. Uh thank yeah. you guys so much for watching and or listening. Uh we really appreciate we've gotten a couple more reviews on iTunes, so thank you, thank you, Yay. Thank, thank you. We really appreciate that. Um and uh yeah, thank you guys so much for liking this video, for sharing it with your friends. Um if your friends are having a uh, drama at the table, maybe share this video with them and they can you you, you won't be alone in that. Uh <laughs> really great discussion today, I thought. So thank you, yeah. uh Mr. Lucian, for talking me through that. Um Sweet. got lots of good chat. Thanks again, everybody, for chatting and, and being in live and watching us uh Saturday mornings at nine a.m. Pacific. We will see you next Saturday with another episode of the Saturday morning D D show. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.